Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 388 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron. I am ecstatic that you are here with me today as I'm talking to Joanna Penn. Many of you know Joanna from her podcast, The Creative Pen, and she was on this show way back on, I think it was episode 27 back in 2016. So it had been a good seven years since she came on the show. And we have a really delightful, far-ranging, um, very open talk about her newest book that is coming out for writers. And I want to encourage you to get it. We're going to be talking a lot about it, but I read it. I loved it. Um, and it is out right now on Kickstarter. And that's going to be a great place for you to get it. So that is coming up in a moment. As soon as I tell you what has been going on around here, it has been busy. It has been busy. Um, let's see. I got edits back on Seven Miracles from my editor at Grand Central. And they're as hoped and expected, not big edits. And I have l literally forever to do them. She doesn't want the back for months and months and months, and this would be more like a one-week edit. So that's nice. I can just kind of store that in my pocket for a while um, and probably end up doing it on deadline right up to the last minute, as I do things. I, By the time this episode goes live, I will also have gotten back my edits on the New Zealand book. Uh, that'll be great because I can't wait to jump back into revising that, and then I'm going to do the audio book. So that's happening. Also, I have been playing every morning with this idea. can't remember if I talked about it on here or not yet, but I have an idea for a nano book, a NaNoWriMo book. I haven't done, I haven't really done done NaNoWriMo in a couple of years. Uh, and I, maybe, maybe two years. I don't think I did it last year. Usually I play along a little bit, but I don't try too hard. And maybe this year I would try hard. I don't know. I'm not totally fully committed to this, but I do have an idea for a book that I would like to write in a really friendly, gentle, playful way. And as some of you, as many of you may know, NaNoWriMo, which start, stands for National Novel Writing Month, is going to be starting in November. You can show up on November 1st without the idea of a book. And on November 30th, you have 50,000 words of that book. If you hit 50,000 words, you win. It's that simple. No one is uh, coming to you and sitting next to you at the desk and slapping your wrists when you stop typing. You do it because it's fun and it's free. And if you go to nanorimo.org, you can sign up. It is truly life-changing. My 2006 Nano, which was the first time I attempted it, uh, turned out to be my first published book, which I sold in 2008 and came out in 2010. Nano books sell. Nano books are published we publish our NaNoWriMo books. Of course, we we publish them after much revision, uh, or at least, you know, we do because we know to do that. And it's just such a fun lark. So that is coming up and I, I will continue playing with that. I'm allowing myself to have an hour in the morning, most mornings, to really fiddle around with it. And it's just so joyful that every morning I, I hate stopping. Uh, so that's what's been going on around here for me. Junebug turned one year old. Thank God she's starting to mellow out a little bit. Um, I say that even though she just tore up the yard with her best friend and then jumped in the face of our friend when 
she came to pick up her dog. But, you know, she's still a puppy and she's still hyper and also reactive and all of that, but she's doing really well. She can actually settle now and lie at my feet while I'm working, which just was not an option for several months. Someone always, always had to be watching her. So that's really nice. Happy birthday, Professor Junebug. Very proud of you. Uh, And I think that's all the news that's fit to print around here. I want to get this show out this week because if you are a writer, I think you should go back this Kickstarter. I really do. Um, You're going to love this book. It's so helpful for going deeply into your writing. Let me tell you a little bit about Joanna Penn, although you probably know her. Joanna Penn writes nonfiction for authors and is an award-nominated New York Times and USA Today bestselling thriller author as J.F. Penn. She's also an award-winning podcaster, creative entrepreneur, and international professional speaker. Writing the Shadow is her next nonfiction book for authors, and you can find it at thecreativepen.com slash shadowbook, and that's pen with a double N. And please, I'm going to say it like Joanna, enjoy the show. Uh, Here we go. You're going to love this. Enjoy. Hey, would you like to come write with me, with my writing community? At Rachel Says Write, we write together twice a week, every Monday and Wednesday from 5 to 7 Pacific Time, 8 to 10 Eastern Time. We say hi and chat the tiniest little bit, and then together we write. It's truly magical the amount of words we get done together. You want to check it out with a week's free trial to see how it might work for you? Just go to rachelheron.com. Rachel says right to join us. Well, I am so damn pleased to welcome you to the show. Would you please share your name with us and your pronouns? Yes, I am Joanna, brackets JF Penn, (laughs) she, her. And thanks so much for having me on the show, Rachel. I'm so excited to talk to you. We are going to be talking about your new book and and specifically, we're going to be talking about the Kickstarter that you are running for it. Um, we're going to be talking all about all of that stuff. But can you tell us a little bit about this book? What is the title and when is it hitting Kickstarter? And and um, give us that. Yeah. So the book is Writing the Shadow, Turn Your Inner Darkness into Words. And uh, I've kind of been writing this on and off for like 30 years <laughs> since yes. I first learned about the shadow, uh, the uh, Carl Jung's uh, concept of the shadow. And we can get into that. But in terms of uh, the, the Kickstarter runs 9th to the 25th of October 2023, but then it will be later on on my store and will be everywhere. So it is coming everywhere. Um, but yeah, I'm doing a special launch for this book of my heart um, and this very personal work. And yeah, I'm excited to get it into the world. But as we're going to talk about, and you know very well, and your listeners do, these personal books uh, are terrifying. And (laughs) so uh, it's funny because I feel like, oh, the countdown to people actually reading this is on, but you you have read it. So I have read it and it was so good. And I also felt like, you know, very sneakily um, pleased with myself that I got the advanced <laughs> reader's copy and got to see that you absolutely nail it. You stick the landing on this book that I've heard you talk about for a long time. And uh, I'm, I'm really so proud you... of you. Thank you. And I'm so glad you said that. And for people listening, I guess part of this is to share the process. And like uh, Pilgrimage, which also was a personal book with aspects of memoir, the edits were huge. And I know you were so good at editing. Um, and it's like, I ha- I really wanted to nail it 
there's it's so such a complicated topic and there were some chapters that were absolutely huge and I cut down dramatically because sometimes saying less is important rather than being so prescriptive so yeah it, it I'm so glad you felt that and it's a it I think maybe these books of our heart, they do take longer. And again, you have fast draft your memoir and we both agree that writing fast is also fantastic. But sometimes these books, you're not ready to write or you're not ready to put out in the world. And like you said, I have been talking about this for years and I had drafts and I tried and I backed away and I moved forward and back and over and over again. And then something just happened this year after pilgrimage that I was like, oh my goodness, I'm ready to write this. Maybe it's a midlife thing. Maybe there's all these things that come together. So just encouragement for people listening if there's a really important book in your life, then you don't have to force it out early. You almost have to listen to that story intuition and that creative intuition that says you're not ready yet and that's okay. Um, and I know you have some projects that are also a, a bit yeah. about that. So, I mean, maybe you could talk about how it feels because you, you're an expert on memoir. Um, and yet I'm there is this this one you haven't put into the world yet. Yeah, I have the recovery memoir. We were talking about it a little bit before we hit record. And it is probably the most important book I feel that I've ever written. And it is about, it's about hard stuff. And it's so easy when we are fiction writers to hide behind fiction. And we mm. can say, for you know, and that's valid. Um, I can say, I wrote, you know, that thriller. And, you know, there's no slashers in my life. I don't have the, you know, I'm I'm not that person. I'm just the author. But when we're writing memoir, and we're writing the difficult stuff, the parts of our souls that a lot of the time we don't even know about for a long time. Mm. And then to mm. actually write about them, it is terrifying. And I was just thinking about this today, that resistance um, is so strong. And you know how Stephen Pressfield talks about resistance points you toward the thing you must move toward. Mm. Um, I also imagine resistance saying, oh, I'm going to crop up even more strongly here because it is so important. So um, I feel like that about the recovery memoir. And I know you felt like this about the shadow book, but let's back up just a little bit for people who are like, what the hell is a shadow? What, <laughs> yeah. what do you mean when you're talking about shadow? Yeah. And, and the language is difficult, right? Because some people think, oh, that it is the dark stuff. Um, but it's more like the, the it, it's unconscious, like you said there, we don't yes. even know about it. And that's what yes. makes it hard. But these, yes. it's almost like from when we're young, um, and I talk about the, you know, the creative wound, particularly for writers, but there's all kinds of things where people say, you shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't write that. You shouldn't dress like that. You shouldn't love who you want mm -hmm. to love. Um, and we we protect ourselves by becoming what society wants us to be, what teachers want us to be, what agents and publishers want us to be, and friends and family and all these things that we become. And then we start to realize, and in fact, um, Robert Bly, the psychologist, has this great metaphor of this invisible bag that we have, we drag around behind us. And over the years, we stuff all this, all these things into it. It's like, oh, well, I can't. Like, I mean, in the writing community, romance, people have a go at 
romance authors all the time and shame them for what they write. And uh, I mean, in the same way, like writing darker things in horror does fit into this too sometimes, or like for your recovery memoir, um, you know, there's there's just so many things that that we have and we stuff them into this bag. And then at some point (laughs) we start pulling them out again or they erupt into our life. And I think this is the problem is that we, if we, keep it all down like the balloons we try and push underwater at some point they erupt and uh it's I mean I did also have a drinking problem definitely and I talk about that in in the book and that's kind of the way to let loose sometimes when the shadow side just goes I really just want to do this stuff and then it's it, it comes out in extreme ways and I guess the whole point of the book and the whole point of Carl Jung's idea of the shadow is we're not trying to get rid of those things. We're not trying to destroy the shadow side. What we're trying to do is recognize it, integrate it, and where it's hurting us, or if it's hurting other people, then we can deal with those issues um, over time. So I guess I I have in the book, you know, how I was told not to write these certain things. Uh, I talk about my shame with money situations, which I know you also Mm -hmm. recognize. And then by bringing aspects of this out of the shadow into the light, so we're recognizing it and we're not ashamed anymore or you know we still have residual feelings about this stuff um but the things we're scared of the things we're afraid of the things we're yeah embarrassed about I think embarrassment Mm -hmm. can point to the shadow as well um and then if we can deal with those we can become more of a whole person so the idea with the book is to help you with your creativity and your writing to bring this authenticity into your writing. And like we said, it's it's hard, but I guess that's kind of the concept. It's such a huge concept that you tackle so well and so head on. And I know that like, I, didn't you, wasn't it almost twice as long at one point? Did I hear you say that? Yeah. On the yeah. Podcast? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Again, the editing was huge. I mean, for example, the collective shadow. I know you, I mean, we can all see this in the world. The collective shadow is the things in society, our country, uh, the things that are much, much bigger, these big movements that come from country shadows. And I wrote tons in that chapter about, you know, I'm in the UK, which has a a collective shadow around empire and yeah. the US obviously um we have a lot of these things around race and mm-hmm. um you know female bodily rights and religion mm-hmm. and there's just these huge things and that chapter was massive and in the end I was like do you know what this is going to trigger every single person in the whole world so I just reduced it to a series of questions for people to yeah. think about and I think that's the thing because the shadow is individual to all of us. Um, And just coming back to this word trigger, which again, in in itself is triggering these days because it's a political word. But what I mean is, what do you react to? What do you sort of uh, feel a reaction to that other people just don't even think is an issue? Um, Or what do you judge or criticize in others? Or what do you, you know, where do those feelings come up for you in a more extreme way? And Obviously, we can't deal with societal stuff. We can only look at ourselves and try and deal with it ourselves. But I guess, you know, that's that's part of it. But yeah, the edits were huge. But I feel like that's also uh, a critical part of being an author. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you had to write it to know what needed to be there. But mm. more than that, I want to point out that you did such a good job of 
showing the reader how to look for it in themselves. And I, and I'm going back to the recovery mm. idea um, because I had always been fascinated by any kind of show about addiction, any yes. kind of show. Like I couldn't stop watching addiction shows. I love to read addiction memoirs. Um, I didn't have a problem. I knew that I, yeah. you know, I drank a lot, but I didn't have a problem. <laughs> and then there's this, there's this part in the, in, in my memoir where I'm talking about how, when I finally, when it finally hits me, that no one, no one worries about being an alcoholic all the time who doesn't have a problem, like a normie who doesn't worry about, they, they're not worried about it. They're not spending their time journaling about this every day. And I yeah. felt, and I, and I finally could re, you know, say out loud that I was an alcoholic. And as a memoirist, I had spent years like looking for anything to mine. And it felt like, and, and I really resonate with the, the Bly bag. For me, it was as if I were sitting cross-legged in front of, cross-legged, I'm sitting cross-legged and I'm looking, I have a 180 degree view of my life and I can see everything. But what I didn't know until that moment was there was this wall behind me and I had never turned around to ask mm. what was behind the wall. And on the other side of the wall was that shadow, was the addiction. And then once I could start talking about it, great. And th then we could, but like what you do in the book is you can you give us a little bit more of the tips that you recommend for people to kind of look at their, look for their shadow? Yeah, because as you say, it is that out of sight. And I, I feel like the glimpsing out the corner of your yeah. eye is sometimes, and also this is the work of a lifetime. Yes. So I also recognize that this book is not like a one and done thing. <laughs> right. Oh, check. I found my shadow. Now I have to worry about us. it again. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, even these things come up over and over again. You know, I have a chapter on midlife that people listening who are not in midlife haven't faced that one yet. And then, you know, dying and death, we're not going to face that one for a while. But um, yeah, in terms of some ideas, so obviously we mentioned there what triggers you, when do feelings of embarrassment, shame, fear, um, I guess regret, some of these emotions that we might say are ne like negative in quotation mark emotions can can point us to things. Um also, like you said, they're looking at other people's art. So I talk about how I'm pretty obsessed with family dramas with multiple siblings. And I'm the eldest of five, my dad uh, out of two marriages, um, you know, child of divorce. And some of these things come up for me over and over again, like success. I'm obsessed with succession like that. That show that's, I've watched multiple times. Brilliant. <laughs> it's a brilliant show. It is, and yeah. it is Shakespearean in mm -hmm. and the 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 relationship to the father and the siblings and the love and the hate and the damage of families is something that I and I and there's another one I talk about the split, which is about divorce. And so again, these things where we, as you said, we look at the why do we like this type of thing so much? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really interesting. Um, mining your own writing. I think is really good. Obviously. Yes, I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, memoir might be more obvious, but like to write a memoir, you've already bought things out the shadow. But in terms of if um, like I examined some of my early, early fiction and it was only the first time I realized that I had elements of second chance romance. I could not. I literally would have said I didn't have any elements. And of course, second chance romance for me, I, I did find love in a second marriage and all of this kind of thing. Um, but yes, you can. But you have to really look at those, I guess, the early books when you're when you're still, as some people say, clearing your throat. And a lot more of our early writing are more, um, I want to say, naive in a good way. 
as in our when we haven't edited ourselves into submission and they can be quite autobiographical don't you think Um, yes in a weird way because yeah yeah, we would never admit that but but we can see it later Yes, we can see it later. So I think when I re-edited and rewrote my first three novels, like over a decade later, and then I, um, you know, had another look, I was like, wow, this is really interesting. Some of the stuff and my obsession with religion, I write about that and um, some of sort of these things that come up for us in our writing. So what, what, what what is your character afraid of what are your character wounds what are your character flaws um and some of the elements in you the themes that come up over and over and over again in your writing so obviously you need quite a a bit of writing to assess that but even it might be your private writing um and of course we don't have to publish everything um obviously another way is i identifying these shadow personas and i think writers actually understand this because the inner Mm. critic is one that we do talk about all the yes. time and the inner critic is like your writing is bad your ideas are terrible you're you're unoriginal no one will want to read your book so and that um i think about that quite a lot because a lot of this stuff holds us back these fears fears of judgment fear of failure where do those come from and i really discovered i guess in this that my fear of judgment comes from a, a teacher when i was about 11 years old when i wrote a nightmare about my family again and she said that you know I still remember her face I still have that flush of shame because I'm a good girl you know I want people I want Mm. the teacher to give me a gold star and she said that's not appropriate you know you can't write that kind of thing that's not for this class and this this was an English class and and that was not only not only like she was calling it bad writing but she was Mm. also calling you bad Yes, like how did yeah. you think that? Right. You know, there's something wrong with you. And yep. this is back in the eighties where they didn't they weren't so understanding about screwed up kids, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you just messed this girl up for a long time. <laughs> yeah. But I think what's yeah. so crazy is so people might say, oh, but that's just a comment that a teacher made. How did that have such a big impact on your life? But that's what I want people to think is okay, who did somebody you respect, somebody you loved? I didn't love that teacher. But Mm -hmm. I respected her and her opinion mattered. And when we care about things and our writing, we're all writers. We care about writing. We care about books. And so we have these things on a pedestal. And then when people criticize us or hurt us in some way, that can really stop us for years. And it stopped me. I thought I wasn't creative for, I know what. 20 years or something it before breaks I was my heart in- when you say that because you even when you started writing books you said you would never write fiction because you yes. were creative <laughs> it is mental when you think about how these things so that's what I want people to think is yeah we're all grown adults now but when you're thinking about this you're actually thinking of that little creative child who was wounded or attacked or criticized or someone was mean to that little creative child and that Mm -hmm. might be the thing that's holding you back in your writing and then of course I guess another thing we should say is yes there can be trauma and terrible things that happen but it doesn't have to be that and I want right uh, and what I'm saying is it was just a word you know some words what you made me think of too is that it can be reflected judgment and that's where I I really liked what you talked about looking into ourselves for our own judgment because I know Mm -hmm. that some of my stuff had I had some of my shadow parts that I want to keep hidden or have wanted to keep hidden in the past come from not necessarily somebody saying something to me because I never would have dared show that I was that kind of person but I saw other people 
reacting mm-hmm. to people. Like, you know, before I ever came out to my family, I remember my dad, I was probably 18 and I was madly in love with my best friend, but I was dating um, her brother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and my dad said, um, Rachel, are you gay? And I said, no, no. And I just remember, and then, you know, and it took me another like five years to come out to them, even though in my heart, I knew how I felt, but it, and, and my parents had never said anything but beautiful things about gay people around us and their gay friends. But mm. I had the reflected judgment that made that into part of my shadow or fear in a way mm. um, that had yeah. to be dealt. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, I was thinking about this and this is such a great example because, and again, the word shadow is difficult because people yeah. think it's some, that is, is it something wrong or evil? But this is a great example because obviously being gay is fantastic and it's right. it's who you are, right. but you needed to hide it because of what society has said about yeah. things and therefore you need to be able to face that fear of judgment it really is fear of judgment fear of being ostracized fear of being attacked and i mean it's awful it's terrible what people have mm-hmm. faced and continue to face in this way and that will be different for everyone but this is a, a great example of and again most of this stuff is not evil or immoral or wrong or illegal right. and that's kind of like people are like oh that's you know and, and i guess we mentioned before um drinking and alcoholism again I like a drink. I'm not uh, sober right. like you. Um, and I integrated it in a different way. Yes. Um, my behavior at the time. And again, I'm not necessarily ashamed. No, I'm, I'm not ashamed of things that I did while drunk, mm-hmm. but I recognized that they were not healthy for my yeah. life. And so the way I dealt with that eventually was to change my job, change my situation as opposed to stopping drinking entirely Mm. um you came about it a different way but i think that's what we're saying to people is you you're right reflected judgment is something really really powerful um i was talking to and again this is this is weird right tattoos (laughs) talk about tattoos i love tattoos if i wasn't 48 i would probably if i was 38 i would probably be covered with tattoos but tattoos when i was younger people our age, um, it was very much a judgment. Like people who mm-hmm. were tattooed were somehow wrong. They were. They, you know what's they, interesting they is, badly. yes, because we are the same, you know, we're big, I'm, I'm just a little bit older than you. And mm-hmm. I didn't start getting tattoos until I came out because it was a way of saying, mm-hmm. fuck off to the, to the establishment. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that was part of yeah, it. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because I still feel, and I don't know, one of these days I'm going to just do it, but it's so funny because I remember this internalized sensation of judgment. No one ever judged me because I don't have any tattoos, but the judgment that other people put onto others, like my brother, yes. all my siblings have yeah. tattoos. Um, and so we repress that. But it's so interesting because my books, um, Desecration, Delirium and Deviance, which I'm really proud of, they have a lot of shadow in, there's a character in there, O, who has a like a full body tattoo of an octopus. And her, she kind of represents that part of me. And yet the judgment, she's, you know, sex worker and and all of these things. And she represents so much Mm. of what is considered unacceptable by certain mm. people so it but this is this is what's interesting and i guess coming back to as writers 
we're writing stuff that is fascinating and we're interested in self-growth and change and becoming a better person. And that's why this is important, I think. Difficult, but important. (laughs) I think it is difficult and important. And I also think that as writers, we are this is one of our superpowers is to have this Mm. conversation um, because we have to. I don't, I think, sure, one could write shallow books for one's whole life if one wanted to, but I've never met a writer who wants to write shallow books Mm. ever, Mm. ever. I want, I've met lots of writers who want to make a lot of money and do other things, but they don't want to write shallow books. And when we do dive deeply into ourselves, Mm. we have to be uncovering these things. So now I would love to ask you Mm. as you, you, you're really an expert on using the shadow and thinking about shadow as a writer. And so I'm so glad you've written this book. How do you go about incorporating the shadow into your own writing process as you move forward? Mm. Well, um, for me personally, I think, well, a lot of this is about tapping into these fascinations and almost doubling doubling down on them. And I talk about doubling Ooh, down on yeah. being human, yeah. um, but... Sometimes I think when we've written a few books, which both of us have written quite a few books, Mm -hmm. is that we think, oh, I've written a book with this type of character before. Yeah. So I can't do that again. But I think this has made me feel like, do you know, when I keep wanting to write about aspect questions of faith, questions of religion, questions about the physical body, death, um, death culture, all of these types of things. I don't have to resist that. I can actually say, do you know what? That's what I am fascinated with. And I'm still wrestling with some of these things. So that's what I'm going to keep writing. And the people who are attracted to our books are those people who resonate in some way. You know, like I have not read a load of addiction memoirs, although I will be reading yours when it comes (laughs) out because I'm interested in your life and care about you. And that's, I think that's part of it. But we attract people who, readers who resonate with things in our work. So it was really interesting for the, I think for the first time I was interviewed by a a bishop um, uh, on this book, on writing the shadow, and I was so thrilled because it uh, on a podcast called Everyday Spirituality, and I was so thrilled because I'm not religious, but I am kind of religious because of my fascination, and I know so much. Yeah. <laughs> I can quote the Bible at you all day, um, but I'm not actually a Christian, and so I always feel I felt almost rejected by that community because I'm not a Christian obviously and we're allowed you know we all have our communities but yeah I feel like um in terms of our own writing what we have to do is is really just don't resist the fascinations that we have keep writing that and keep going more into it um I think that would be that would be one thing the other thing is to and it's difficult to say it but to accept who we are in a in a in a more well, it's difficult. It's difficult to say except who you are. I mean, you know that, and yeah. um, you face it's it, and you mentioned the gay battle, community, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, the gay community faces this, yeah, <laughs> more than a lot of people. But um, I think it's about saying, you know, you're a mess. I'm a mess. We're all a mess, and we don't have to pretend we're perfect. In fact, in fact, you, I, I was just reading your fast draft, your memoir again, and you said nobody wants to hear about your perfect life. <laughs> They do not want to hear about it. <laughs> no, and it's funny because I was thinking, you know, when you're watching a TV show and the first few minutes, everything's perfect and you just know that therefore yes. it's going to spiral gonna out of control. 
<laughs> and you can't wait for it. That's why yeah. you stay tuned. You would not stay tuned otherwise. Yeah. yeah. And that, and, and what I love that answer too, that, um, that our shadow and our fascinations about that part of mm. our humanity is what forms our core story. And our core story is what brings our readers back to us. Like I will read, I will one click, um, just forgot her name, Leanne Moriarty all day long. Just oh, yes, yes. 100% of the time because she writes oh, about chosen yeah. family, huge, big families mm. and, and complicated families. And she could write a book about complicated family, every book a year for the rest of her life. And mm. I will buy all of them because I will go back for mm. that. And that's why our readers come to us. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, I just asked my readers what they what they want from me in terms of my mm. series. And it, I guess it was great, but also difficult that they want all yeah more books in all my series <laughs> but it's funny because I was thinking about how that works and how readers pick different things and in fact my different I have three main series and they all are they kind of have elements of similar things but they all also have different um, protagonists although they're all independent women mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who struggle um, with relationships and trust and all yeah. these types of things so yeah I think the idea also of the book is sort of turning your shadow into gold and that which is a Carl Jung's uh, idea but in terms of understand like what is gold for you and what I love about this process and again I feel with this book and also with my pilgrimage book I already feel like I have the gold the gold isn't necessarily money although it can be you can make good money by putting your stuff out there um but equally the creative aspect of writing these books that mean so much to us is really important. And I wanted to encourage people once more. I feel like the writing community, both indie and traditional, we can get focused on writing to the market or writing Mm -hmm. because an agent said, write this, or because the Amazon categories say, write this. And both of those things are fine if that's where you are in your writing life but there are still these books of our heart that I feel all writers have um that we have to write because life is short you never know um what's going to happen uh all kinds of things happen (laughs) we we never saw the pandemic coming we never saw any of this and what I what I love about that is this also this self-confidence that writers get when they're standing in their in their true truth Mm. and i love hearing this self-confidence in you talking about the shadow in particular because you know i have been listening to you i quit my job probably for 10 years Mm. um so three i can't remember when i quit it doesn't matter six a couple years before i quit my job and Mm. You used to say things on your show that were like, oh, yeah, but I don't I don't share personal things. And here we are, Joe, on this show. And do you think that that has I, I don't know. Tell me how you think about that and the way that mm. you have really thought deeply about shadow work with your books. Do you think that is connected? Yeah. Um, and again, I hope this encourages people, both of us, both of us, you grow in public we've grown in public so it's this december i think also this december is 15 years since i started the creative pen um since i published my first book and i feel the end of one stage of my creative life and i'm beginning another stage of my creative life and part of that is because of this is because i think i do feel that confidence and i really hope for many people it doesn't take 15 years (laughs) but i do feel I do feel like 
it's almost you have to push your boundary, your yeah. um, comfort zone. So that that circle around you. So originally on my podcast, you know, I didn't share anything personal on my podcast for like four mm-hmm. years. I thought mm-hmm. people came for the interview, but they come for you. The they, host. Yeah, the they pe- do. People are here because they love you, Rachel Heron. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I'm interested in this conversation because of what Rachel's talking about. <laughs> and then they get hooked on the on the guest. On the guest, yes. <laughs> yeah. And and some of the guests, some of the yeah. guests people will go on and follow. Um, but people come back again and again to a podcast because of the host. Um, so I think that's something I didn't realize for years. And I think we, well, part of this is all about, as you say, self-confidence, but also that we think we think we're nothing and in many ways we are nothing that's important too um you know I was just walking I was I was just in Paris and I was walking in Montparnasse Cemetery and you know there's a few famous people in there Simone de Beauvoir is in there and um but 99.9 percent of that cemetery no one remembers who the hell they are mm-hmm. and so we are we are nothing life is short mm-hmm. um but yet that can also be quite freeing because we think everyone's looking at us. We think everyone is going to judge us. And a few people will, and we'll get the emails and the hate, whatever. But actually, we have to look at our own creative journey and what we want to put into the world. And we help more people by doing this. So we can help ourselves, we can help other people, and we can kind of change our own lives. But I think in terms of the amount of time it takes, if you're listening and you're like, there is no blooming way I'm sharing any of this stuff. <laughs> Then totally look, don't fine. worry. Yeah, totally, totally fine. Totally you don't fine. have to go on TikTok like Rachel and just like you know put it <laughs> well, on. I've, I've given up TikTok for a while. I'm, oh, have got, you? Okay. I, yeah, I just got over. I was spending too much time on it, so I just deleted it from my phone. I'll put it back on someday, but I cannot. I cannot. I no, do not have that's great. The time great, or the bandwidth, though. making that decision. Yeah. But speaking of, mm. um, I I want to ask people who are like leaning in and going, oh, I would like to do more of this and and they are going to join your Kickstarter and get the book and read about this. Um, mm. What are some of the challenges that authors may face while trying to integrate their shadow into their work? Oh, well, you're, you're probably feeling right now, if like we just said, if you're going, there's no way I'm sharing that. That's completely fine. Like there, it's baby steps, you know, yes. it's baby steps and putting thing if if you it's almost tapping into this curiosity impulse or this impulse of how am I feeling about this and is this something I could potentially write a story about so I'll tell you I mean I need to write I feel the need now to write a story that's been bubbling around for a while um when my parents divorced I my dad at the time we would only see him not that often and he would come and pick me up pick me and my brother up and take us to a zoo and we'd always go Bristol Zoo um, and we'd go to the zoo. And so this zoo is associated with me in, in so many ways with my dad and all kinds of complicated stuff. Yeah. Um, and what's happened with this zoo, um, they are um, going to tear it down and build houses on it. And it's so funny. I'm getting emotional already talking about this mm-hmm. because I want to write a story where the architect mm-hmm. of this new development is going has this feelings about the zoo mm-hmm. and it's going to go down under the zoo and what she's going to find under the zoo in when they're digging up the foundations oh. is going to be really interesting yeah goosebumps yes <laughs> yeah and yeah. I'm I think I've been thinking about this for a long time but again in terms of I I feel the need now to write that I don't know what she's going to find there mm-hmm. actually at the moment but 
digging down under that. And I guess it's also a metaphor, <laughs> digging down under the zoo for whatever who you really are. Um, these things, so I guess, yeah, coming back to practical tips are essentially you need to do some writing, <laughs> um, yeah. which is tough. And you don't have to publish it. Um, but I mean, the book is full of questions. So there are questions at There's the end. There's such of... good questions. I love your questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. The questions are possibly the most important part. And some questions, again, won't mean anything, but sometimes there'll be a question that you're like, oh, okay, why am I, like you mentioned resistance. Why do I resist this so much? Um, is there something I should maybe write about there? Or it might spark a memory. Um, as I've been talking to people on the on various podcasts, it sparked memories for people or feelings for people. And maybe that's the thing to tap into. Mm -hmm. um, so not all of the chapters will be relevant to everyone, but there are certainly chapters on the writing side and publishing um, that I think probably are relevant to everyone. But yeah. yeah, it would depend on people's situations. But yeah, it is essentially about writing this stuff um, and then seeing where it takes you. But again, remember that it's baby steps. And I, I mean, your your um, recovery memoir, it's finished, right? Oh, it's been finished. Yeah. It, it was about um, 2018. It was about the year of 2018. And I probably finished it in 2021, got it edited, and it's just been sitting around. Sitting right. Around. So that to me yeah. feels like, um, yeah, something that when you're ready, you're going to put out there and mm -hmm. that will make a, and I, I wonder, I wonder also with this book now it's, it's not kind, it's not out yet because it's, you know, on the Kickstarter, but people are going to have it very soon. Yeah. And so it does feel like it's very close. And I, you know, I have kind of sweaty palms thinking about that um, because of the judgment. But I think I've also learned, and you know, from your memoir writing that people, the people who resonate with these deeper books, it does make a difference. And I think that's what we want as writers, isn't it? To help change someone's life for the better. That's what, mm. that's why we're all doing this. I'm mm. absolutely convinced. This is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. So will you please tell us where they can find you and the Kickstarter? Mm. So if you go to thecreativepen.com forward slash shadow book, that will go to the Kickstarter October 9th to 25th, and then it will redirect to wherever the book is. Um, it will be everywhere in 2024. So if you're not interested in the Kickstarter, but um, there is a special gold foil edition with a black ribbon um, that uh, is going to, oh, I've got it here. Show you. Show you. Oh, I loved it. Oh, in the audio. gorgeous. So she's showing the book, which has a typewriter and smoke coming up out of it and yeah. writing the shadow is in there, but it's in gold and it is shining. It is shiny. Me. Yeah. So there's oh, quite a few beautiful. videos on the Kickstarter page. You can see a video of it. Um, but yeah, so I'm pretty... Again, this is another thing for us um, and part of my next 15 years is that I want to make more beautiful books, actual yeah. more beautiful physical products. Um, and that's something that I feel that I really want to do, and which is odd because I really focused on digital for a long, long time. And now I want to do both. So yeah, so the Kickstarter, thecreativepen.com forward slash shadow book. Um, and my podcast is the creative pen podcast pen with a, a double N. Those are probably the best places to find me. It is a joy to talk to you. Thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you for writing this book. I'm so glad that you did. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? 
You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. <laughs>